Hello, and welcome to the episodic audiobook series where I, Con Lavery, read to you the books that I wrote and narrated. So, for this uh, season, season three, we are covering Into the Macrocosm, short stories of the dark cosmic, bizarre, and the fantastic. So we are on episode six now, and even though these are short stories, they're all interconnected through the midway, where Malferetti's, a familiar character found within Mental Damnation, is assisting the protagonist, who is known as the Nameless One, to figure out what happened to their lost memory. And that's where the short stories come in. The uh, Nameless One is witnessing all these former states. And if you haven't caught the other episodes, check them out. There's tons of short stories there, five others, and uh, you can learn more about the Nameless One. This episode actually is one of my personal favorites that I've written, mostly because it originated from a real thing that I have, uh, sleep paralysis. It's a terrifying thing when you have it, and can be pretty, pretty scary not having control of your body. So why not write a short story about it? And I did, and that's what we're going to look at today. So let's jump into it. Five. The brightness fades and the darkness returns. You look at Malferetti's, slightly underwhelmed and confused. What you saw wasn't anything you've seen before. Bleeding hands, people acting like wild animals, and an entire country in disorder is a lot to take in, let alone what you saw in the previous observation. You cannot help but wonder how much stranger all of this is going to become. You're little calmer than the last witnessing. Malferetti says. Anything of value in this one? I'm not sure. I recognized London. It, along with all of England, was under attack, like some apocalypse. Is England gone? Gone? I suppose no more than it isn't. Right. We jump time. So does or will England fall to those things? Oh. Malferetti says, looking down. Right. You were there. Don't worry about it. Does humanity eventually split off into the society? You ask, recalling the strange futuristic world you observed. The sight of hurting humans through genetically altered eyes wasn't going to be something you could easily shrug off. Malferetti sighs. <sighs> Explaining the entire human history is a broad stroke and... Truthfully, it's boring. Events are far more exciting. Why'd you send me to that time just now, with people going crazy and the bleeding hands? You ask. I'm making educated guesses on how you might have died. That event in England was pretty tragic, as you saw. They eventually recover. What caused the hands to bleed and people to go crazy, you ask? Malferetti thinks about the question for a moment and then says, Something to do with the cult, if I'm not mistaken. He reaches for the bowl. You're not recognizing anything we throw at you. This may take a bit longer than I first anticipated. Great. You rub your head. So what's next? We'll cast a wider net, Malferetti says, rubbing his black liquid-covered claws together. Open wide, he says with a toothy grin. 
you press your lips tightly, ready for the passing into the observing state once more. The droplet hits your eye. Instinctively, you try to wipe some of the stinging liquid from your face. Too late. The effects are potent. You are the observer. Void Watcher Rediscovery Good night. I love you. Zaya heard the phrase every night during her childhood. She would get a kiss on the cheek and a tight hug before being dismissed. The ritual was cute as a kid, but as an adult, it makes her feel sheepish. Even through the embarrassment, Zaya wants her mother to be happy. The woman was never quite the same after Zaya's dad passed. Her mother wants to be directly involved in Zaya's life, so the least Zaya can do is say goodnight to her. Hugs and kisses are a lot cheaper than rent, even if it makes her feel like an adolescent. Zaya's mother is far too lenient. She let Zaya move back home after college, a blessing and a curse. Mom's kindness made it too convenient for Zaya, who still hadn't found a job. Dinner was made every night, and laundry was taken care of. Moving back home was a permanent bread and breakfast. Goodbye, 99-cent mac and cheese meals. Tomorrow is a brand new day, Mom says with a warm smile. Thanks, Mom, Zaya says. Oh, before you go to bed, Mom leans down below her office desk. She lifts an old cardboard box onto the desk with a heavy thud. I was looking through the basement earlier and came across these gems. What's that? Zaya asks, stepping closer. Mom flips the box open and pulls some sheets of paper out. You know these. No way. Zaya folds her arms. You kept all of this? You were such an artist. Even then, Mom says, flipping a sheet of paper over. Zaya stares at the paper, looking at the crude crayon figure of a ghost with an upside-down triangle for a head. I have no idea where you came up with these ideas, Mom says, handing the drawing to Zaya. She sifts through the box, saying, There was that tiger in here I liked, too. Zaya swallows heavily, staring at the triangle-headed drawing. The Watcher, she thinks. The grim memories are still here, deep in her forgotten chasms of her mind. The Watcher followed her every night before her dreams. It was the reason why she had a nightlight well into her teenage days. Its words. Its teeth. She shakes her head, pushing the thoughts back to the depths whence they arose and forces a smile, saying, This stuff is so bad. Nonsense. You've always had talent. Mom says. Talent doesn't get you employed. Zaya sighs. She hands the paper back to her mother. You'll find a job, dear, Zaya's mother says, taking the drawing and placing it back in the box. You are exceptionally gifted. Zaya rubs her arm. Thanks, Mom, she says. I'm going to bed. Of course, Mom says. Good night. I love you. Hugs and kisses. A new ritual. Zaya leaves the home office and heads up the stairs to her childhood room. She flicks the light on and closes the door. The room is exactly as it was before she left for college. When she first came back, she wanted to remove the boy band posters and the stuffed animal toys, but purposely avoided changing anything in the room. 
Keeping the childhood items convinced her that she wasn't going to be here long. Nine months later, here she is. She turns off the lights and undresses. The blue nightlight automatically turns on, projecting enough brightness for her to find her pajamas and slip into them. She swipes her smartphone screen, unlocking it, and sets the alarm for the next day. After months of bad sleep, Zaya has finally decided to set a timer to get up early each day. Her unrestful slumbers had been making her sleep all morning and well into the afternoon. By early evening, she would have a heavy nap, ruining her sleep cycle for the night, and would repeat the same cycle the next day, an unhealthy pattern, if she ever wants to get a job. She's ready to break that pattern. Zaya notices a dating app notification at the top right of her smartphone screen. The icon indicates there is a match. It's probably another dick pic, she thinks. She places the phone on her dresser, telling herself she will check the notification tomorrow. Zaya isn't in a rush to meet a man. She can barely get her own life together. No one will want anything to do with an unemployed deadbeat like her. Well, then again, there are a lot of fuckboys out there as she learned from college. Zaya jumps into her bed, sliding under the covers. She takes a deep breath and lets out a sigh, trying to brush away the constant pressure of being unemployed. Zaya knows that her mother is patient with her situation, but she only feels guilt for being here and not having work. She can't even land an interview. Her portfolio was top of her class at that. Hell, even her instructors were impressed. What am I doing wrong? She wonders. Tomorrow's worries, Zaya says through an exhale. Her mind drifts. She takes deep breaths in through the nostrils and out the mouth. Supposedly, this is the better way to breathe. Zaya's brain always runs a thousand thoughts a second before bed. The moment just before sleep is the one time she is not doing something. The downtime gives her brain a chance to play catch-up, reflecting upon the day, the regrets, the observations, and think about the wishes of tomorrow. This is why she practices deep breathing. The stillness helps calm the body. Nose in, mouth out. After what seems like a good eight dozen breathing cycles, Zaya's thoughts turn fuzzy, and her body relaxes. The worries of today and the uncertainty of the future fade. The guilt of staying with her mother and not paying rent washes away. The stress of being single and making no use of her college degree is of little concern now. There is only Zaya, the bed, and the blue glow of her nightlight. With another exhale, the walls dissipate. Her eyes lock onto the blue-tinted speckles of the ceiling. Her limbs are jelly, and her breathing patterns enter autopilot. At some point in the process, the room goes dark. Her body lightens, as if she has left this reality. Her thoughts dissolve into the abyss, leaving her to observe the dream world. She begins to drift through the empty black space. She is weightless and free. The physical constraints that bound her during the day cease to exist. Welcome to the other side, a raspy deep voice says in her mind. The Void A loud thud comes from the bedroom door. Sia's eyes twitch open and she attempts to move them to the sound's origin. They don't budge in their sockets. She can only see the upper half of the door frame from her peripheral view due to the angle of her head. 
Zaya tries to move her eyes again with no success. Despite her best efforts, she can't adjust the position of her eyes in her skull. What the? She thinks. The words in her mind are supposed to project from her mouth, but she only makes caveman groans from her throat. Her jaw and lips do not respond. Some saliva oozes down her chin. Zaya attempts to use her tongue to grab the liquid. No luck. Her tongue is as useless as her eyes. The door to her bedroom creaks open, revealing a black hallway beyond the frame. The blue glow from her nightlight shines abnormally bright, increasing the contrast of light and dark. An immense invisible force pushes onto Zaya's chest and limbs, sinking her deeper into the bed. She tries to scream, only to make more caveman noises. I can't breathe, Zaya cries in her mind, feeling the lack of air enter her burning lungs. Her voice is nothing but gurgling gibberish, despite the clarity of her thoughts. Force on her body continues to press into her being, pushing her deeper into the bed frame. The mattress morphs into a tar-like substance, absorbing her. A white shape enters the room, gliding closer to her. From a peripheral view, it looks like a body draped in a white robe. The head, on the other hand, is an upside-down triangle with glowing blue orbs resembling eyes. These orbs hover above the two higher points of the geometric shape. The triangular head floats on the body as a mouth appears from the lower point of the triangle, stretching up to the blue orbs. Someone, help! Zaya attempts to talk again, but gurgling is the result. Her limbs fail to respond as she tries to spring from the mattress. She's in an unresponsive body, watching while the being glides towards her bedside. The elongated mouth reveals razor-sharp teeth and a red snake-like tongue. We have watched you from the void since your childhood, Zaya. The being says, the skin moving like rubber. Help! Zaya cries. The being leans closer, multiplying the invisible force. No air enters her lungs as she helplessly stares at the triangular head. Your mind remains intact in this world and the next. You are attuned through your two-dimensional visions. You are awake. This is why we remain in contact throughout your realm's years. The void has waited for your visions to grow stronger. The all-being entity awaits you, my oracle. An arm-length form pushes from underneath the being's robe, followed by three sharp gray claws. The time is now, oracle. I have come to open your mind to speak with the all-being entity directly. The creature says in a cold tone, the claw reaching for her. She can't move. More caveman noises. The claw inches away. You will initiate absorption. No! Zaya screams as the mattress rises to its normal state. Her body becomes hypersensitive, a chill creeping across her skin as she springs from the bed in a sweaty mess. Her eyes widen to see that the blue nightlight has returned to its normal blue value. The pressure on her body ceases as her motor functions return. She kicks the white sheets away. The triangle-headed being is gone. No one is in the room, nor does the door open. 
Zaya rubs her forehead, feeling an intense headache pulsate throughout her skull. Some things never change, she thinks. Breathe through the nose and out the mouth. Sleep paralysis, she tries to reassure herself, but she sees the small scratch on her arm. And that is the end of episode six. Creepy stuff. The Void Watcher, Oracle, drawings. Maybe they're visions to another world. Interesting stuff. And that's kind of where these uh, short stories all tie in together under the one unsettling cosmos known as the macrocosm. And we'll have a new one for next week. But if you can't wait, you can always grab the book in ebook format, print, hardcover, or the full audiobook on all the major distributors. So jump over there if you just gotta dive in and find out what happens next. And do share this with your friends if you're enjoying it. And I'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye. 